Eat, drink, smoke, or we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, that's Fingers Malloy, and this is a true north. Now, normally it's bourbon. Sometimes it's rum. There are whiskeys, blendeds, all sorts of things that we review here. But this, this was uh, suggested to us as we sit here uh, in our favorite cigar lounge, Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a hot day. It's it, it's in it's in the, it's like ninety degrees and the humidity is like a billion jillion percent. Try the True North. True North is gin with lemoncello and grapefruit juice. I don't know if it's manly. It sounds healthy. <laughs> grapefruit juice. That's vitamin C, right? Grapefruit vitamin juice, D. <laughs> lemons. You won't get scurvy. You're gonna grow up to be big and tall and strong. But they were like, we, we walked in uh, and I was like, Tony, you you got to try it immediately. You have to have it. Uh, so the, the gin they're using is, is from uh, the same people from Backbone Bourbon, who, who I do a, a bunch of work with, full disclosure. Uh, and they use, it's called Bone Dry Gin. Gin is juniper berries, right? So gin is this really weird kind of, kind of alcohol. Because the thing that happens is that people smell it. And when they smell gin, they say, hey, I don't want any part of this. Pine saw. It, it's got that pine kind of thing like like you're walking through the forest and then the brawny paper towel guy is like isn't this romantic that's that's what it is and it is overpowering it's christmas tree overpowering and i'm the jewish guy saying that it's very overpowering um but it's it's once you start drinking it it's kind of unique and it's actually for me fun i enjoy gin one of the the previous episodes we did we went to a, a distillery and it was really the first time I, I kind of dug in uh, to it. It's enjoyable. I found it easy. I found no burn from it whatsoever. The whole process was really, really good. But I can't tell you, like, like the whole idea of, of like, a gin and tonic. I, I, have you ever even ordered a gin and tonic? Yes. Fingers? Have you? I, I, I tried to like gin. I really wanted to like gin. So I got myself a, a bottle of Blue Sapphire and because you know, it's when, when you're in your 20s, you try to think of drinks. Oh, you went that, right to the Bombay. Yeah, right to the thing. Yeah, uh, you try to think of drinks that'll make you, you sound cool when you order it. Like I used to order uh, Vox vodka uh, straight, and I would say, "Give me a Vox on the rocks." That would really impress the girls, <laughs> Tony. So I tried gin and tonic, and I I just wasn't a fan. So and and we should be clear, the gin is how you make a martini, a classic martini. Is gin, uh, not as it's done now with vodka. That's a vodka teeny. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so gimlets, that's a traditional uh, uh, gin kind of, uh, of drink right there. Uh, a Negroni is something that involves gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari. That's an old school kind of, uh, of, of drink uh, there. Um, I'm trying to think, which is the one? I'm having a, a blank. I want to... Slow gin fizz? <laughs> not a slow gin uh, fizz. Um, a Tom Collins comes to Oh, mind. yes. There's a Tom Collins and a Vodka Collins. Right? So, it's so a the Tom sour, Collins, uh, that's what mix. I'm thinking. To me, with gin, with the fresh lemon and the sugar and everything else. So that's what I think this, what they call True North, is kind of getting into that vibe of. So that when people first heard that recipe, like, wait a second, I know that drink. It's a takeoff of the Tom Collins. Now, the Tom Collins is two ounces of gin, an ounce of fresh lemon juice, um, super fine sugar, about two teaspoons of, of that, uh, and, then, um, and then club soda, 
right? So it's, it's, it's got, it, it is that refreshing kind of thing. This is close to it. This does not have the club soda, although if it did, I think I'd enjoy it more. All right? But I haven't even tried it yet. So first, first the nose. All right, it's all grapefruit juice. Yes. It's all great. I, I, no limoncello, all grapefruit now, juice. Now, when you get up in the morning, do you find yourself gravitating to a nice, tall, cold glass of grapefruit juice? Never how you start in my life. life. No? Do you want to know how much I despise grapefruit? Am I about to Grapefruit, find out? grapefruit juice. I'm doing this because they're like, you have to try it. I'm like, I trust you, right? Trust your bartender. Trust your mixologist. If you don't, what's the point of it all? Try new things. That's what I'm doing. I am trying new things. And if I have to spit it out, break the glass, and say, this is disgusting, <laughs> I will totally do it. All right, we ready? Right. So the whole thing is on the rocks, a whole bunch of rocks. It was served with a, a, a lime wedge. Um, now, weird. It's limoncello, but served with a lime wedge. All right, here we go. Okay, first things first. There's absolutely no gin taste in here whatsoever. None. Interestingly enough, it starts with a muted grapefruit juice. It ends with the lemon. That's awkward. See, I'm getting the gin. Are you? Yeah, and the gin, to me, is kind of canceling out the grapefruit juice because I'm not a big grapefruit juice fan. You think I'm tasting the gin and not the limoncello? Oh, you know what? See, that's that's what it is. I'm a little it's, lost. It's the limoncello that's canceling out the grapefruit. I'm not even tasting any grapefruit juice. If you're having a party for, for like, uh, Independence Day or summer, I get this, right? I do get how, I do get also how this could knock you on your ass. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Could this knock you down? It's Make trouble. Make you fall down. It's trouble. You- because weird, I now feel it in the very, very bottom of the throat. That's where I feel the gin. Mm-hmm. After, after like three sips. I forgot about the limoncello. That's what I was tasting. I was like, well, this doesn't taste... I, I taste the gin, but I don't taste the grapefruit juice. I'm getting the grapefruit juice at the end. Just a, a smidge of grapefruit juice. It's mostly limoncello for me and the gin. Okay, so I, I will also say this is not a girly drink. No. I know. How, I know I'm, I, if you want to email me for saying that, 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 is, that, is, that is fine. Um, uh, you can email me at fingers at I don't read emails.net. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun drink. You get why this happens. You could almost throw this in a blender and see what you get on the frozen side. But this is one of those, you know what? This is, this is that, it's just that good takeoff on a Tom Collins is really what we're getting I could here. see being on a pontoon with one of these. I flip. So, you know, I don't have a boat. And I don't necessarily want a boat. What I want are friends with boats. Right. That's all I'm looking for in this life. I was, was never really sure what a pontoon boat was until I moved to Indiana, which doesn't make any sense that you would move to Indiana to learn about boats. <laughs> in the slightest, the pontoon boat is, is it's the big thing, right? And it just, just almost I, like a trawler, almost. And it's floating slow, moving slow on the water, but there's like 17 people on it, and they're all in various degrees of like just wrecked. Yeah, because intoxication, right? Yes. And I'm like, that sounds like fun. If I owned a pontoon boat, I would use it once. That's it. I just can't imagine, for me, being somebody who puts it all together and gets everybody and goes out on the, on the lake or, you know, for, for a couple hours, I, don't, I can't. Well, it, you hit the nail on the head. 
it's really fun to be the friend of the person who owns the boat, the friend of someone who owns the pontoon, because the, the person who owns it has to be responsible. Right. They have to be sober. So they're looking around, seeing everyone drinking uh, gin and uh, limoncello, and thinking, well, I want one of those, but they really shouldn't because you can get uh, driving while intoxicated behind a pontoon just like you can your And I would car. tell you that if you don't have limoncello, what you could do, if you want to play a little more on that Tom Collins side, you could do gin, you could do the grapefruit juice, and you could do Sprite. Yeah. You would get the carbonation, you would get the lemon-lime thing going on, um, and so and for some people, they might be able to cut it better on, on the alcohol side. And yeah, you, you could make it in a way that has a little less alcohol content in it. So say if you still wanted the flavor, but and use the same amount of gin, uh, there'd be less alcohol. Are you are you a mixed drink guy? Like like we we talked about this before, but I mean, you're we rarely do mixed drinks here, and I think we should do more because summer does lend itself in that way. Right. No, I listen. I will drink a whiskey and coke. That's about as mixed drink as I get. Maybe a Manhattan. Um, I do know that when I go out with friends, I see a lot of people. Old fashions seem to be really popular now. Right. They make on a bigger comeback. Yeah, but no, just a. Uh, I'm just a regular beer and whiskey guy, Tony. You know that's it. Just a simple man. You're just a simple everyman. Right is what you are. What about you? um, I have never tried enough mixed drinks in my life, so I'm more than willing to try it out. Kind of see where it is. This the true north, which is the gin uh, and uh, the limoncello and the uh, grapefruit juice. This is all right. This is all right. I think I'd enjoy the carbonation. Yeah, that I think that's where I'd bring it back. From that Tom Collins. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I have never had the meatless burger. I've never never gone to Burger King and had the meatless Whopper. I, I have I have not bought the meatless meat, mainly because it's I, I think it's ridiculously unhealthy. And mainly because why do that when there's meat? This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. Good to be with you. That is Fingers Malloy on Facebook, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. Man, I really did lose part of my voice. Totally gone. Oh, totally gone. But beyond meat, which are the, 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 the fake meat people, they, they serve everything. They're the fast food places, the Dunkin' Donuts has the beyond meat and everything else. Um, they are going to sell now value packs, like everything is at Costco, um, of their burgers. It's going to be 10 packs of the meatless burgers. Have you ever done one of these before? I've done one at Burger King before. And? Here's the deal. And this is not a swipe at Burger King. I, I enjoy Burger King. But if you get a Burger swipe King. Swipe them. If you, if you get a Burger King. Swipe the daylights out of them. If you get a Whopper at Burger King, it has so much slop on the top of it. The toppings. It's like a soup that they put on top. It's delicious. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's been so long. If it weren't for the fact that the meat is charbroiled, you wouldn't really notice the flavor of the meat. And that's what I got from the meatless burger. I tried it once just to see what it, all the fuss right. was about. You the cool kids? Oh, absolutely. I want to be in with the vegetarian crowd. And I got to <laughs> tell you, Tony, uh, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I've tried in the past. They've had these green burgers. I've had friends that want me to grill it. Green burger? Yeah, uh, yeah they're, 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 uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it is a vegetarian patty. And first of all, that gets a little annoying, too, because they don't want you. Can you do me a favor? Don't put it on the grill grates that had meat on it. 
You get some of that attitude when you're grilling. You have vegetarian, terrible friends. Vegetarian Maybe burgers. That's the fundamental that, that, problem. That, that, that could be, but uh, I've tried them, and uh, personally, I think they're terrible. But, you know, hey, I've, I've, never, I've never even heard of it. It's going to uh, retail price at $15.99, which is $6.40 a pound. So it's not cheaper than meat, although I'm spending a lot less on ground beef. For soybeans, a pound. Is this soybeans? I mean, what? I, th- well, that's crazy. When you buy ground beef, what's your ratio? What is what is the meat fat ratio that you go for? Well, you're looking for eighty twenty. Absolutely. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know where where you were. Right. I see people buy the seventy thirty, and I'm like, I cannot wait to see if I'm in your will because <laughs> you are about to die. Well, eighty twenty is totally it. Yeah, that's I, where the flavor. I is. mean, you get a seventy thirty, and you're making a half pound burger, and then when you take it off the grill, it's about the, the, the patty's about the size of a silver dollar. Right. So eighty twenty. That's and the other stuff's just too lean. Can't get any good flavor out of it. I went to Costco and bought the only thing they had available was eighty seven thirteen. And which I, I was which weird eighty seven yeah, eighty seven thirteen. So I added a little bit of butter to the patty, and it, they turned out great because I reverse seared them. That's what I do now. I reverse sear all my hold hamburgers. on. Whoa, whoa. First of all, make sure everyone understands what we're talking about here. Um, the breakdown of meat to fat, right? Right. Eighty twenty ninety ten. Sometimes you see ninety three seven. It's super lean. It's terrible. It's you might as well eat bison because at least you're eating bison, <laughs> right? Bison is a, is is a tough one to cook. Really tough one to cook. We'll get into that one day. But you have now been on, on in our conversations and on, and on, on your Facebook page, uh, Fingers Malloy, by the way, uh, Facebook.com slash Fingers Malloy Radio. Yes. Um, reverse sear. What is it? You cook something at a very low temperature longer. You, you, you do that to help make sure that it won't dry out. So you I could cook, do that with a burger. You could do it with a steak. You could do it with a this, chop. Anything. This week, I did it with an inch and a half thick pork chops, and last night, I did it with burgers. You put it on the grill. You cook it at 225. I did that until I got an internal temperature of 135 degrees. Then I took the burgers off the grill, and I cranked the grill up to 600 degrees, threw the patties on for 90 seconds aside so you could get that crust that you want on a burger, and yet it is still very moist on the inside. It's a fantastic way to cook a burger or pork chops or steak or anything else. So I have said before that I, right now, am grillless, right? And certainly I'm not willing to do the work that the grill masters are willing to do. I get that. So because I'm grillless, which is a story for another day, burgers have been made on the cast iron skillet. And the amount to which I am in love with the cast iron skillet, because of that crust that I am able to create, it's sensational Right? how much, uh, and I'm not talking about a pan, I'm talking about true old school, hit somebody in the face and they fall down and don't wake up again. Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, <laughs> Wiley Coyote, uh, cast iron. Um, you feel you get, you get that on your grill? Absolutely. You've got a charcoal. Like, you've got yeah, a whole I've self-feeding got a, Yeah, gravity-fed charcoal grill. You don't have to mess with uh, the coals or anything. You just put it in this chimney. You light it. What's What's great about it, though, Tony, is it's it's low maintenance. So you could, like last night when I made the, the burgers, took me about... Which you didn't invite me. <laughs> Next time. It took an hour and a half. I put the burgers on, and then I sat next to my grill. I did absolutely nothing. You don't have to flip them while they're cooking at 225. You sit there. I smoked a cigar, had a beer, waited until I needed to actually do some work, 
and crank the grill up, 90 seconds on both sides, and that was it. The burgers were done. So it's, it's very low maintenance. It's very, uh, it's very easy to do, and you can sit there and smoke a cigar and really not do much work. Uh, I still haven't decided what I'm going to do for a grill. I, I, I'm, I'm in, I am in a level of paralysis on this because I, part of me wants natural gas or propane because you can use it whenever. If anything goes bad, it's always uh, going to work, right? Um, but then, of course, it's not really a grill and I've lost my man card or something like that. Then there's the stuff you do and I'm like, I don't think I've got that much time. Then there's the big green egg. I'm like, I don't think I've got that much skill set. Then there are the pellet grills and then I hear that in, in, uh, in winter... I mean, we live in the Midwest. Right. Um, it doesn't get hot enough. And then I'm like, well, hot enough for what? And at that moment, I go back to the drinking and the true north here <laughs> with the gin and the limoncello and the, and the grapefruit juice. I just spilled it oh, all over myself. We need to get you a bib. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> oh, but it tastes really, really good on my beard. Just a, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just at an absolute loss. Of what I'm supposed to do, so I think the only answer is like, like I got to figure out who's got the best return policies, and then just try things for a week. Well, I know a place them. where I got mine. I won't mention it on the air because they aren't a sponsor yet. <laughs> 180 day return policy. So you build it, you try. Maybe <laughs> I, I don't know what else to do. Right, but I know I need something because I do want to have something because I do en- enjoy the basics of it. I'm just there's an intensity. I love the intense people. I want to learn from them. I just don't know if I can ever be that intense guy. But maybe, maybe one day uh, I, I can do it. And I'm not going to grill Beyond Meat. Just sorry. Love you. But no. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. So good to be with you. Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy. On Twitter at Tony Katz, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. Find Fingers at Fingers Malloy on Twitter and go eat, drink, smoke on Twitter as well. I, it, it's time for news of the week. And I know which story is the first story. I was going to say something, but I'm going to hold off. Take a breath. I will let newsman Fingers Malloy give us the news of the week. Well, Tony, as you know, statues are coming down all over the country. Some people are tearing them down on their own. Others, the local government is taking them down well. While removing a statue of the Confederate president, Jefferson Davis, from the state capitol in Kentucky, workers discovered an old empty bottle of bourbon and a decades-old newspaper. So that's the best part of this damn story, (laughs) that the people who put up the statue were drunk as can be, but informed, right? Right? These days, we're only as drunk as can be. Informed is completely and totally out the window. Uh, There are two things here. First, to the idea of taking down statues. I'm not going to simply say, yeah, let the mob just tear down statues. We're seeing things be destroyed. I I have no interest. That's vandalism. That's a far different conversation than whether there should be statues up celebrating, if you will, the Confederacy. Now, you can say there's a conversation and an argument to be had. But the first one, the the very first one has to be, who said that a statue can't come down? What? <laughs> we, it's amazing the things get, that get made political that have no need to be political. What rule is there that the statue always is there? The statue wasn't there until they decided to put the statue there. What makes you think the statue has to stay there? 
right? It's this, it's this idea of, of rote reverence, right? You have to uh, revere the statue, not even knowing what it is. You never read the little plaque on the side of it, right? You just have to revere the statue because the statue's always been there. That's a really bad idea. It's as equally a bad idea as saying, hey, there's a, an, an outrage. Let's go about taking things into our own hands and tearing them down. I have no quarter for it. I, I have no place for it. It's simply wrong. If a city, a town, a municipality wants to get together and say, you know what? We've taken a long look at this statue. This statue went up in, uh, in 1906, and it's 2020. And maybe, just maybe, that's not the statue we want anymore. I don't know about you, Fingers. I have zero problem with that whatsoever. The only problem I have with it is it feels like it is just symbolic. And while symbolism is fine, what I have a problem with is it's so much easier to remove a statue than tackle real issues, bringing people closer together. I I think that one of the things that is true, though, is that maybe some of these things are real issues. So, so much of this happened after the, the aftermath of, of the murder of George Floyd in, in Minneapolis. If you want to take a look at a, a fort that's named after a Confederate general or a monument that's, that honors Confederate soldiers, well, maybe that's odd. Maybe there's a history as to why those statues got put into place to begin with because it doesn't sound like to the rational mind of today that there's a there's a a reason other than perpetuating that as some kind of good or value of America right there's a there's a question to be asked why don't we ask that question and take a look at it now the same thing gets said of for example Thomas Jefferson well we can't have a Thomas Jefferson statue because of a slavery conversation but the Thomas Jefferson conversation is a much bigger broader, giant conversation than a conversation about Jefferson Davis, if only because we have the Constitution and the Declaration because of guys like Thomas Jefferson and the entire concept of creating a more perfect union. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, like, I don't know, that matters to me. You take a country that is imperfect and you know you can get there. The compromises that were made, the deals that were made to become a nation— the lens of then can't necessarily be looked through the lens of now in the creation of the nation. But you can take a look at a statue and ask yourself, does it need to be there? The mob conversation where the unnecessary comes in is we think that taking down a statue solves a problem. And to your point, Fingers, no, it doesn't. Only solving problems solves, solves problems. It's, it's the same thing with policing. You can yell about police. That's, that doesn't do anything. Right. What do you want to do? Right. That does something. Well, the other thing, too, that's troubling, and you, you touched on it a little bit a couple of minutes ago when it comes to mob rule. If we as a society turn a blind eye to mob rule tearing down statues on public property, right. if there's no pushback, it's going to gravitate to private property. And then we've got a real problem. Yeah, you, you can't be okay with the destruction of property at all. You cannot be okay with the, with the destruction or elimination of, of, of property rights. Just, y- you can't. And you have to push back against those things. And I'm glad that, that at least people are talking about it and are. You can have a conversation, you can remove a statue, you can't destroy things, and there should be pushback. And it should be, it should be fierce, and it should be from those towns and municipalities. And if your town or municipality isn't doing it, well, then it's time to vote for somebody else. 
Well, the other story we've got this hour, Tony. You remember Cannonball Run, the movie Cannonball Run, uh, Cannonball Run, Cannonball Run Two, Cannonball. That's Run when 3. I decided that Dom DeLuise. That's that's how you model your life. <laughs> well, for those who don't dun, know, dun, dun. for those who don't know what the Cannonball Run is, it's basically getting in a car, driving as fast as you can from New York to L.A. And there have been records broken just in the past few months, people making it in less than 28 hours, Tony. Well, let's talk about Fred Ashmore, age 44. Really, a true American hero. He rented a Mustang GT, removed its passenger seats and other interior accessories, strapped in enough extra fuel tanks to bump the car's capacity to around 130 gallons and made it with only one fuel stop in less than 24 hours. No, 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 he didn't. No, he didn't. didn't. No, he didn't. I don't believe the story at all. What kind of person does this? First, he rented it. You can't. If you're going to destroy it, you buy the rental car. Right. Is this an episode of Jackass? (laughs) Now, this isn't the first conversation of somebody trying to do the cannonball run. This is since people have been off the roads because of coronavirus. Everybody has been trying this. Everyone has been like. Well, we, there's no traffic. Let's go get her done. So this has been happening, and records have been broken quite a few times. So it's actually 25 hours and 55 minutes, not under 24 hours, and that's an average speed of 108 miles an hour without getting pulled over? Right. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to do with this. By the way, it was a Mercedes-Benz E30, E63 AMG. He took out the seat? He took out the seat. Okay, that was the guys who did it in 27 hours and 25 minutes. Right. So that was those guys. Right. And now this guy comes in his Mustang. That he rented. (laughs) And took out the front seat. And all of a sudden he's MacGyver. (laughs) And he's welding together gas tanks. I'm sorry. This this makes me rethink the whole idea of buying a a used car from a rental company. Right. (laughs) He's like, oh, it's no big deal. By the way, you know a little something about cars. Hertz has, like, I think there's this is the rental car company. I think they're still in business. I think they're trying to actually do a fundraising. But, like, they're out of business. And they have been dumping used cars onto the market in the tens of thousands. You can go to Hertz Car Sales, and you can find, like, a 2019 Toyota Camry with 45,000 miles for, like, $16,000. Yeah. And you're like, now, it's not going to be loaded or anything like that, but it's going to have air conditioning and power windows and uh, honestly, and possibly a navigation system. So, A, I don't know how they're possibly in business, but B, I I think the the bigger one is I am not yet seeing the people buying used cars like it's going out of style. It's like people are are looking at this and they're, they're almost tensing up for what's about to happen to the car market. Uh, because of it, and, and I, haven't, I haven't heard it yet, right? New car manufacturers are worried because, you know, when you have a used car market like this where um, the values are dropping, and I've read some reports where they're down 11% from where they were a year ago, uh, when you look at... That's a ton of money. Yeah, when you look at the used car market, you say to yourself, well, geez, I can buy a two-year-old vehicle for pennies on the dollar compared to what I could... Last year, why would I buy a new vehicle? Because when you buy a new vehicle, the depreciation, right, as you take it off the lot, right. it's significant. So, no, I, I've been on the site that you're talking about. I haven't seen the kind of deals I was hoping to see because I'm in the market for a used car. But 
new many car manufacturers are worried and then you got to you got to figure that there's going to be a glut of used cars on the market which it, it, it when when does it come cuz i thought we would start seeing it already you know maybe these things take longer than you think but you take a look at hertz dropping tens of thousands of cars dropping them on the market. I just figured we'd see it already. I haven't yet, but you think it's coming. Yeah, but you got a lot of people unemployed right now and worried about their jobs, so maybe they aren't anxious to take on a car payment right now. So that could be it, too. Oh, okay. No, that's a point. They don't have a job, so they can't do it yet. But you need a car to get the job, so it's like one of those things that you just have to do. Right. And then interest rates are so ridiculously low right now, you think people will be jumping on it. Yeah. And so... All right, we'll keep watching. We'll keep watching. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Like, it's, it's not political to notice all the destruction that's been going on around the country. And it's not political to notice that there are people looking at what's happening with policing and saying, make some changes. This is rational mind stuff. You can talk changes of police, and then you can take a look at my gosh, look at what's happening in New York. Look what's happening in Seattle with that Chaz Chop, right? The autonomous zone. Eat, drink, smoke, everybody. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke on Facebook. Go Eat, Drink, Smoke on uh, the Twitter box. And then there are the good people who have found a way to do good things. The story comes out of Chicago. There were, of course, riots in Chicago, and there were stores that, that were destroyed. Uh, there's a place called Warehouse Liquors. This comes from a website called blockclubchicago.org. Owner of Warehouse Liquors was attacked. His store was robbed during uh, the, 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 the looting. And the owner, Gene Charnas, is trying to reunite with a woman by the name of Siandra Porter. Because Siandra Porter stood outside of warehouse liquors trying to keep him safe. She kept people from looting his place any further. He was injured, and he's trying uh, to find her. So this all goes down. This guy, Gene, by the way, is 62 years old. He gets a call from his alarm company, goes to the store. He sees people looting and, and what's going on. Uh, the video shows large groups of people breaking down the stores, grabbing bottles, destroying things as they can. So he gets to the store and tries to get people to leave. Someone threw a bottle at this guy's back, and another person knocked him down and stole even uh, more. Right? So he's overwhelmed. Things are just absolutely wrecked and, and, and ruined. And the next thing you know... There, these, there's this woman who had been a protester, as the story goes. She followed him to see if he was okay. Um, she goes uh, to help, and she says, I'm, I'm not here to attack you. I'm not here to break into your store. What I will do is stand in front of the store and guard this door while you take a break. That's Holy great. cow. I don't know whether to be... Dis- I, I'm... This is my faith in humanity. Right. This and woman. and this isn't an isolated incident. Not at We've all. seen plenty of videos go viral of people who are protesting for legitimate reasons and seeing people who are about ready to go violent and 
try to stop them and film them and say, no, this is not what we're about. Please don't do this. Don't become violent. And so you're, you're seeing this. This is just a great story, and I hope that they do get reunited because this is fantastic. I think it has been hard for people to, to, to make separation in some of this stuff. Um, there's been real horror. I don't think we should deny it. I think we should do something about it. But there's been real humanity, and I don't think we should deny it. I think, I think we're, we're, we're kind of searching for something that's good right? <laughs> and, and, and worthwhile. People are like, all right. You know, maybe it's not all madness. And then you start really getting into an understanding that so much of this is, man, there are actually some people out there who want to see it all burn. Yeah. And that's, that is not the case of the vast majority of people. It doesn't take much to really make the system go haywire. And it really takes an unwillingness to keep the system to allow it to go haywire. Right. That's, that's the one-two punch. And then there's Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Who I know you, uh, Fingers Malloy, huge fan. Oh, you know what she does? And it's so great. She dances every show. And it's she does just not. so fun, Tony. Is it? Yeah, she has a DJ, spins the records, and, you know, they're not real records because it's 2020. <laughs> uh, but she plays the, he plays the music, and she does a whole dance, and everybody gets all excited. Wow. <laughs> she also gives away other people's money. <laughs> and people are like, oh, you're the best. It wasn't her money. But it's, that's a sweet gig, right? Give away other people's money. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's Ellen and it's Bernie Sanders. Those, those are <laughs> those, that's the one-two punch. Um, so I'm one of the few people who did not watch the Last Dance, which is the documentary about Michael Jordan. A hugely, hugely popular. Just I, I I I don't have cable, right? I'm a cord cutter. I don't have cable, mm-hmm. and so I didn't I didn't see it. But everybody and their mother watched it and loved every every uh, bit of it. So there are scenes there, you know, winning a championship, and Michael Jordan, huge cigar smoker. He's been on the cover of Cigar Aficionado a bajillion times. And I have heard stories that he smokes like four or five a day. Wow. Four or five. Uh, for the record, I do not. Could I smoke two a day? Yes, if I had a little more free time. I could easily be a two-a-day guy. Um, because of coronavirus, I'm a one-a-day guy. Because I've ha- I've, I haven't had meetings, it's not the other. I, I've been broadcasting my radio shows, right? I do a morning radio show in Indianapolis. I have another show. And then, of course, we have Eat, Drink, Smoke. So I've been doing them from home, my home studio. I've had more time. But I couldn't do four or five a day. I, c- I know people who do it. I absolutely don't have Even that. Even if they're combat. really mild? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think so. Because I, I, I'm not doing it for some kind of compulsion. I'm only smoking for enjoyment. Right. It's the only reason I do it. But it, it, let me ask you this. You, <laughs> because you're, you're a busy cat. You're doing the radio. If you're Michael Jordan and you're retired and oh, okay, you, play, you play some golf, uh, you'd up the cigarette smoking a little bit. Or cigar, cigars. Cigar smoking a little bit, I, right? I, I, would, I wouldn't smoke a cigarette if no. you paid me. Right. Yeah, I, okay. That I could do. Right. If, if, I've got, if I've got Jordan time and Jordan money. <laughs> right. Right. What does it matter? Well, in the last dance, he's smoking a cigar as a victory celebration. And supposedly, his mother <laughs> got very upset with it. So your favorite dancing queen, mm. Ellen DeGeneres, young and sweet, only 17. Oh, yeah. Um, she redoes the video. So instead of a cigar, it's, a, it's like a streamer. Yeah. You know, like you blow it and it makes the noise. That's it. <laughs> Wow. Thank you. Look at you. You're like, a, like <laughs> the Michael Winslow. The, ri- the Rich Little of. 
and replaced all the cigars with those kinds of streamers. You know what? It's a very, very funny video. Very, very funny. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it is funny. I, the one thing that I cannot stand, cannot stand, is when people make the false equivalence between cigars and cigarettes. Yeah. It's just so wrong on so many, many levels. And the worst is it happens with the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, and how they want to label cigars and how they want you to package cigars. The premium cigar is not the thing you find at the local convenience store. No names, please. Premium cigars are not marketed to children. Premium cigars are, are works of art. And I, it drives me up a wall when people do this kind of stuff. It's a completely different beast. But the video's cute. The video is cute. But when you were 17 years old, did you look at your friends and say, you know what would be really cool? Let's go to the cigar shop and go into the humidor. Never. Never. Never once. Never ever. Nobody. Nobody does it. It just doesn't happen. And, and, I, and, and people got to start getting with their like, local officials and, and with their federal officials. They're different things. Cigar shops need to be able to run independently and stop thinking that when you do these tobacco taxes, right, the cigar shop is the mom and pop shop. No, they're not giant companies, and no, they can't handle it. It's an unfair burden on the local cigar shop, which now more than ever needs more help post coronavirus. On Facebook, it is Eat, Drink, Smoke. And this right here is Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy. Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. That's Fingers Malloy over there. And we are smoking the Avo number two, except it's not the Avo number two. This is the Avo number two as a Maduro. Now, Avo is a brand of brands in cigars. It is a standard and certainly saw some serious resurgence when it became part of the Davidoff family. Right, really took off. And there are some Avo cigars that I absolutely love and adore. The Avo Lounge is a cigar that's a very, very mild cigar that is perfect for almost all weather. I enjoy the construction. I enjoy the flavor uh, of, of an Avo Lounge. And I'm not really somebody who tends towards the more Dominican style. I'm much more into the Nicaraguans, uh, which is to say I like the more leather flavors, the dirt flavors, the earth flavors. These are uh, you know, things from the Dominican, a little more spicy in, in my book. So it's not usually where I gravitate, but I happen to like Avo quite a bit. And so when this was available in a Maduro, the answer was yes, please. Now, the number two is it's, it's a standard. It's a classic. It's actually the Avo Classic, A-V-O. Um, and it comes in a, in a Toro size. So different cigars, different sizes. A Toro is naturally a 6x50 or 6x52. So 6 refers to how long it is. It's 6 inches long. Tee-hee. Did, did you just laugh because I said the cigar was 6? Never mind, fingers. And then 52 is the ring gauge. So that is a conversation of how thick around the cigar is. Tee-hee. Did, did you just... We'll leave it for later. So when you see a 64 ring gauge, that's a full inch around. 52 is a very, very comfortable spot for a cigar in, 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 in my world because it is, there is this mouthfeel conversation. How, how are you supposed to enjoy it if it's just too big for you? 
And then some people don't get into like the Lonsdales or, or some of the other cigars because it looks too dainty. It's not thick enough, and they're missing out on some incredible flavor. So the Avo Classic, which this is based off of, the, 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 the standard um, is in that mild to kind of mid uh, range. Um, it's a beautiful cigar. It's a well-done cigar. It's definitely peppery right uh, from the shot. As you get into it, it starts to unleash a bit of creaminess. So always think of your cigars in thirds. The first third, the second third, and the final third. As you smoke a cigar, you will get more intensity to the cigar, right? And if you find that the cigar is getting to either bitter or ammonia, your cigar is too hot. You got to lay off for a while. You got to change how you're puffing the cigar because that, that used to happen to me. Used to happen to me all the time. I've slowed down how I smoke it. But with this one, with this Avo, it is the Maduro wrapper. So you've seen the Maduros as, as like the darker wrapper. Sometimes you'll see the natural versus the Maduro and the natural is that lighter brown. The Maduro is the darker brown. It's been able to soak in a little bit more. It's got some more sugars working for it as, as the experts will tell you. And you'll sometimes see it as a Maduro or a double Maduro or as an Oscuro. And that's really this deep, dark, rich. This is a very, very brown, milky brown. It doesn't have one of the things I like in a wrapper, which is almost that oily, gritty kind of feel. It's got a touch of oil to it, and it's got a really lovely look to it. You can actually, every now and then, you'll see a cigar rolled well enough where you can actually see the leaf play out. Not little sections of leaf, if you will, but you can see kind of where the leaf is, and you can see a little bit on this. So you've got those classic flavors of an avo mixed with a touch more sweetness, and it comes in, give or take, depending on, on where you shop, $11, $12 a stick, which means it can be in your humidor right now. Um, we, we reviewed a lot of stuff, um, and when we've played with the Avos, we've done some of the, 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 the Domain 50 and the Domain 70. I don't think we've actually played in the classic realm. This is just good, standard, very much all-weather cigar with the Maduro, I think it gives it that, for me, a little more of that earthen kick that I adore. Well, there wasn't any harshness when it was lit. I mean, we just started smoking this. Very creamy right off the bat. Um, it To me, it's more of a mild, medium cigar. Uh, Tony, I had a discussion with someone the other day. I wanted to get your take on this. Yes, sir. Uh, if you are waking up in the morning and you want to have a cigar um, with your coffee. I, I, oh, I, I, ooh, we should order coffee. That's a good I mean, idea. I still have the True North, which is the gin and the and the lemoncello and the grapefruit, and I, I could see that pairing. This could go well with this coffee. Go, I'm, I'm ordering coffee. Yeah, yeah this, your this would pair very well with coffee, and that's where I was going with this, Tony. I, I, I talked to someone. He said he doesn't want to have a very harsh cigar in the morning, especially if he feels like he may have another cigar later on in the day. Start mild right. to medium. Do you believe that that's the way to go too? No, because I don't know what he considers mild to medium. Right. And that's the fundamental problem. Uh, one of the things that we do, and we always talk about, is that I, I, I have no interest in telling you I'm the expert at cigars. Far from it. There are real experts out there, and we talk to those people. What I am is an enthusiast. I'm a, I appreciate the art, and I love it. And I'm really a defender of the commerce. So if you ever hear me, you want me to get into, like, 
insanity from the FDA and how states treat and cities treat cigar shops. I, I, I could do that for forever. I want to defend these people and their business, their right to be in business. This is important stuff. There is nothing that is more trade intensive and yet local than the cigar because the cigar is all about third world trade which is so extremely important for them building up and then the end product no matter how big the company is right general or whatever the cigar manufacturers it's your neighbor who owns the shop right that's the way it goes and supporting them is so important so protecting them to me is so important so do i have a, a belief that you, you go uh, mild in the morning and, and stronger during the day i don't know i i, I don't know I don't, I don't do the wake-up cigar. Very rarely does that happen in my life. It's not for me, you know? Maybe it could be. Maybe I could learn to it. But no, that, it is all personal preference. There is no wrong, right? There's no wrong when you're dealing with a premium cigar. The question is, what is it that you like? So when I get asked, and, and the most popular question I get asked is, what is your favorite cigar? The answer is, I don't have one. I don't have one cigar that I go back to the well to time and again. I do have things I like, and I'm more than happy to get into them. But what I'm doing is trying. I want to try all the things because I, I have a belief that I have a flavor, for, a flavor profile. But I'm not 100% sure if I have a flavor profile. So the only way I know that is by trying other flavors and seeing what I get. What I have found is I gravitate towards the leathers, the woods, those nut kind of, of, of flavors that, that are in there. That's what I do. I like the grasses that sometimes can be gotten from a cigar. But no, there's no right answer. Well, the other thing, too, is we talked previously about whether a cigar happens to be a golf course cigar, whether it's not. And most of the time, if you're out on the course, you may not want to spend a lot of money because things can happen, right? You, right. Could, you could bend over to, to take a shot, uh, and then your cigar will fall into a pond or something, and then it's gone. I got to say, at $11... I think that this could be a golf course oh, cigar. Sure. I mean, I, usually people only want to spend five to seven because, like I said, it could it, you could you could lose it. But this is very nice, very easy draw. Haven't struggled so far to keep it lit. No, I had started with a little bit of canoeing in in how it was burning. And by the way, if you find that one side of the cigar is burning more than the other, right? Turn it over. Heat rises. Everyone forgets. you got to be spinning the cigar. Move it around a little bit. It moves that heat around, and you'll get that more even burn. Um, Oh, this absolutely could work for the golf course. This works for the golf course. This works for the bachelor party. This works in the, you know what? I just want the at-home cigar, and I don't want to break the bank. This works beautifully. What the second third of this cigar is going to bring that's going to tell us whether the Maduro wrapper really enhances what the classic is, what the number two is. But right now, I got to tell you, I like it. And it also, it, lo- it does look beautiful. I wish it had a little more oil, right? I wish it had a little more of the grit. There's almost sometimes like a, like a sandpaper that you could feel. I love that. I, I look for that. You feel like it's too creamy? No, 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 no. I don't, and it's not a question of too creamy. It's that I just like a little more richness. Okay. That's all. But it, it, is, it, is it good? Am I enjoying it? Does it have a flavor profile I like? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This is the Avo Maduro right here. This is, this is some nice stuff. And at 11 bucks a stick, golf course for sure. Or really anything else uh, that you're doing. On Facebook, Eat, Drink, Smoke. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz.
Now, most people would think that we are already in the end of times. Wait, what show is this? Which we are not in the end of times. However, we are getting close. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. You can get everything you want to know about the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. Instagram, eat, drink, smoke podcast. And Twitter, go eat, drink, smoke. I don't know why we don't have the same name for all three. Our marketing is just terrible. I tell you, Fingers Malloy, <laughs> terrible. The end of times comes from, and you don't know Fingers very well. So Fingers Malloy is a, a radio host. Uh, he does a show that airs in Michigan. Uh, he is a longtime uh, podcaster. Uh, he has uh, written for uh, the Washington Times online and in a host of, of, of other places. And uh, one of the things unbeknownst to you is that Fingers Malloy is an expert on hard seltzer. True or false? Uh, my family, actually, my Uncle Harry invented hard seltzer back in right? 1962. Yes. Oh, oh, what a guy, that Harry. He made dozens of dollars on it. Oh, oh, uh, passed away recently. Bless his soul. Um, there are uh, pizza companies that are playing around with pizza that is infused with hard seltzer, and there is now a pizza that is infused with White Claw. You can get White Claw pizza at a place called Blaze Pizza. You may have one near you. They've got like 50-some-odd locations, and you can get the White Claw pizza. Now, full disclosure, I have never had White Claw. Fingers Malloy, have you ever had White Claw? Fingers mm-hmm. Malloy, no one is going... No, no one... The, eunuch, no. no one is going to hurt you. <laughs> no. That... Wait, is that a is that a legit no? No. Okay, so that's a no. It's a legit no. The photo that went with this article, which is from Pop Sugar, uh, was White Claw Hard Seltzer Mango <laughs> with with the pizza. Um, what? I, I, Do not touch the mango. <laughs> what, what? What's what's wrong with everybody? Why can't we just leave things alone? I'm opposed to stuffing the crust with cheese. Like, that's how much of a purist I am on the pizza. Although I'm fine with pineapple. I, don't, I'm, I think this is wrong. I don't remember Zima-infused pizza in the 90s. <laughs> Tony, did that happen? Did we ever go there? Uh, I don't understand this. There's not enough White Claw. It is society. so remarkably popular. People drink it everywhere. Everybody knows. My mother is 72, and she knows White Claw. You know? And, and I, it's, it's stunning. Absolutely stunning. Why hard seltzer? As, as, as I speak to people, it's just the idea of drinking without feeling like they're drinking. Yeah. There's an interesting thing about millennials. And we've discussed this on the podcast before, Eat, Drink, Smoke. You can find it at Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Um, that millennials are actually looking for the bar experience without the bar. Meaning they want they want crafted drinks, no alcohol. Right. No, I think we did a piece last year about a place in New York that was a non-alcoholic bar. And they were, well, of course, part of the problem is it's New York, so everything is ridiculously expensive. Right. But this was like in Manhattan, and you had millennials going in and paying $15, $16, $17 for a handcrafted cocktail that had no alcohol in it. And so I, I agree. I'm lost. I don't mind them. I, I, 
I don't mind them doing that. I don't quite get it. What I've always liked about millennials is that they have been really helpful in the resurgence of the craft conversation, uh, the, the, the craft bourbons and, and, and the distilling, because what they want is a story. And the truth is that they're right. They want to know where it came from. They want to know how it got sourced. They want to know if it's, I, I guess, moral or ethical or whatever, that, whatever it is that moves them, maybe that week or maybe that actually moves them. But asking for something and wanting quality of it and wanting it to be local, I actually think that that's wonderful. I think it's done wonders. Uh, you know, we saw this, uh, for example, in beer. And now we're seeing it uh, in, in, in the distillery world, right? In, in the spirits world. I think this stuff is fantastic. And then they ruin a good thing by putting White Claw in the damn pizza. I, there's part of me that doesn't want to hate on White Claw, though, because here we are. We're, we're talking um, about a drink that... On a day like today, we're in central Indiana. It's 90 degrees outside. Yes, it is. If I'm going to have a beer, I usually like a porter or a stout. Right. And that doesn't usually couple well with a 90, 95 degree day. Yeah, but I can't drink the others. I can't drink an IPA if my life depended on it. It's miserable. I had a a, uh, coffee-infused beer last night. That's the stuff that I love. Was it a porter? um, No. You know what? I'll go back and, 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 and look and tell, you, and tell you what it was. So to me, the weather is inconsequential. If I'm going to drink a beer, I have to drink what I like. But you're right. There are certain things that lend themselves to certain weathers. In warmer temperature, I do gravitate on the cigar side. I mean, I'm always the Nicaraguan. Uh, a sun-grown. A sun-grown mm-hmm. is the higher primings, right? The, the leaves that get the leaves that get more leaves. Look at me. The leaves that get more, more sun, right? So that's, that's what they use. Rocky Patel makes a fantastic, fantastic sun-grown. Adore it. And it's not my kind of cigar. But on a humid day, if I decide that I'm going to step out there and do it, it matches. So it makes perfect sense. But I don't think I want my pizza infused with White Claw. I don't think I want any part of that. That said, we're going to have to review all these hard seltzers. Because we can't, you, you can't just like dismiss it. I, right. I do dismiss it in the pizza. That's just nuts. Stop being ridiculous. Stop being so damn trendy. Less trendy okay. is better. I know we it's only like the have Kardashians a, of pizza. I know we only have about a minute left here, but I got to ask you White Claw, pizza, pineapple on a pizza. Which oh, one? pineapple. No it's, question. It's a no brainer. Oh, that, pineapple's good. You know what's a good words co- for some people? You know what's a good combo? Uh, pineapple jalapeno. Mm-hmm. Pineapple jalapeno is a very, very good combo the sweet the spice the the everything else uh my kids like it they ordered i'm like all right i'll I'll order it for you you know i'll totally ruin your taste buds i will i will turn you into chicken fingers mac and cheese eating kids for the rest of your life gladly (laughs) and they were like this is good and they ate it i was like and i tried it i was like okay i'm with that is a combination that works pineapple banana pepper for me i love it for that same Same concept right yeah the little bit of the bite from the banana pepper and the sweetness of the pineapple we're gonna have to review all the hard seltzers we have to review the hard seltzers. This is coming. So if you have an idea of a hard seltzer we need to review, Twitter at Go Eat Drink Smoke. Tell us the hard seltzer we need to review, and we will get it done. We will do it here, and you will hear either the love or the puking. One or the other. It will happen on air. This is Eat Drink Smoke. 
Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy, your bourbon reviews, your cigar reviews, your food reviews that are just reviews. you got to decide these things on your own. News of the week, that's Fingers Malloy, your newsman extraordinaire. He's your Ron Burgundy, but with class. That's how I'm describing you from now on. I'll roll with that. So, what do you got? Tony, as you know, governors around the country are starting to relax their executive orders a little bit. Uh, but in New York, an interesting development has happened. New York businesses that sell alcohol are used to keeping a watchful eye on their patrons. But now they have to keep an eye on patrons who are as far away as 100 feet outside of their door. And if they don't, under the new executive order from Governor Cuomo, they can have some businesses losing their liquor licenses. So Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York. And if you were to watch this from a media perspective, turning Andrew Cuomo into like the second president was clearly the objective. He was America's governor. Tony. Right. That's that's what he was. Um, and then you learned about nursing homes and his policies towards nursing homes. And this is all about coronavirus. So one of the things that Cuomo did is that these nursing homes were begging begging if we if we send someone to a hospital for coronavirus please don't send them back to us because they knew things were spreading and what governor cuomo said is no you have to take them back if you want your funding you have to take them back well we have seen the country over the unbelievable horror of nursing homes and long-term care facilities right that there was a moment where there were 116,000 deaths from coronavirus 50,000 of them were from nursing homes and long-term care facilities. That number boggles the mind, and it it goes to show that states that did better changed their policies on this. They said, no, you can't send them back. And the people, the, 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 those who run the places in New York said, can we put them in the, in the field hospitals or on that big ship? It was called the Comfort, the U.S. Naval Ship Comfort. It was the floating hospital. And the governor's like, no. And so he has a lot to answer for. And unfortunately, the media is not holding him to what he needs to answer for. But I'm confused by this story. The, the bar owner has to be on the lookout for within 100 feet of the bar for what? They have to be on the lookout for people who have coronavirus? Or they have to be on the lookout for people who are wearing a, a, a mask? How do you get the idea or, or social distancing? It's social distancing. but They I'm- want the, the, guy, the, the guy who owns the bar has to be sure that the person outside the bar who isn't even a customer of the bar is social distancing? I got to tell you, Tony, in my 20s, I used to be a bartender. It's hard enough to keep track of the behavior of patrons inside of the bar. (laughs) Right? Let alone trying to... You're going to have to hire more people. You're going to have to have more bouncers. And now they've got to look beyond their property, which I would think would be a liability issue if you're having people, bouncers from your property going off the property to yeah, try to, to but bouncers are clubs. A lot, of, a lot of bars are bars. They don't necessarily have bouncers. The story is from WWNYTV.com. Businesses have to keep an eye on patrons. Okay, so it is patrons mm-hmm. within 100 feet of their property or risk up to $10,000 in fines and lose their liquor licenses permanently. Right. If I'm being asked what this is, this is the state recognizing they've lost tremendous revenue, tax dollars, right, because of shutting things down, and saying to themselves, how can we make this up 
well, we can put a couple people out of business and get some fines this way. I mean, you pay the fine and you lose your license. What are you going to do? That's the stuff that people hate about big government. And who's going to enforce it? Are you I have no pol- idea. Are you going to police officers going out there enforcing this? Are you out there with tape measures? <laughs> you know, measuring people and how far they are. This is this is the kind of madness. This isn't rational. This isn't decent. This is insane. This is so hateful towards bar owners and towards restaurateurs. It's hate. It's telling them we don't appreciate you even being open. We don't appreciate your existence. Right. That's what they're saying. And over, over what? That whether or not they're six feet apart. Uh, I it, it's it's gross. Honestly, you know, I was born in Brooklyn, and I grew up in Jersey, and I spent a lot of time in New York, TV stuff, and and, and other things. Um, there is something special and magical about the New York experience, but that's about the experience. Living there is a whole different thing. You know, I lived for six years in Los Angeles. There was something quite amazing about living in L.A. I, when I lived in L.A., I was broke. I lost everything I owned when I lived in L.A. I moved out there, started a tech company, lost everything. Lost my house where I was living in Florida, lost it all. But L.A. was the kind of place that even though you had no money, the weather was perfect. You could go hiking with the family. You didn't have to necessarily spend money to be entertained. Not so true in New York, unless you're sitting with me, like me, with a cigar, just people watching all over the place. But I could never live in L.A. again. I could never live in California again. Those people are kidding themselves. I love them, but they got to know by this stage of the game that they're kidding themselves. The same thing with New Yorkers. This is a, this, I mean, isn't this a governor who just hates your guts and that's obvious? It sure feels that way. And I agree with you. I love New York City. I love visiting there. I mean, the last time I was there, I walked out of a bar four o'clock in the morning on a Monday and headed to a deli and they made me a Philly cheesesteak sandwich and I went back to my hotel. I can't do that here in central Indiana. God bless New York, but I couldn't deal with this kind of intrusion on a daily basis. Right. The nursing homes know there's a problem, and the governor says no. And then the onerous push on the bar owner to be uh, a a policeman. I've always actually said, you know, when they say uh, you have to card people, like you have to card them for, let's say, cigarettes. Um, The the, the state should put someone in there. Some 19-year-old is now responsible for being law enforcement. Just, Just the idea of that. Was always more than than I could understand. It, ne- it never made any sense to me. This is is one of those same stories. Well, there has been talk of a second wave of coronavirus infections, and let's move to the state of Michigan. The number of confirmed cases of the coronavirus in Michigan has risen to 61,084 as of Saturday afternoon. Saturday's update represents a 255 case increase and 20 additional deaths. So two things: we're doing a lot more testing. So you might get more cases. Secondly, we're not done with the first wave. How are we into a second wave? Right. It, it really does feel, and a lot of people are talking about this, and we've seen it's, it. The media has to engage this, this hypocrisy thing that's been going on, right? If the protests can happen, and I'm all about protests, you, I will defend protesters and the idea of uh, peaceful assembly. Uh, with, with, with every fiber of me. Uh, I may disagree with the cause. In this case, I don't necessarily degree with, disagree with the idea of we, you can't let somebody have their knee, a cop have a knee on a, on a citizen's neck right. for eight minutes and, and 46 seconds. And I also understand, and I know this is going to be like the, uh, uh, I don't know if people consider this taboo. I'm white. 
I, I know this because I look at myself. I can easily accept that somebody who is black looks at George Floyd and doesn't see it as I see it, which is the state with, their, with a cop with their knee on the neck of a citizen. They see it as a white cop putting their knee on a black man's neck. I am not about to deny that that's the way they see it. What we both should want, and I believe we do want, and the rational people want, is cops not doing that. We don't want that. You got to get rid of that, right? So, so people protesting on that subject and those kinds of changes that, that, are, that are tangible, totally, totally down with. But if 5,000 people could get together for a protest, and yet tr- President Trump has a rally, and all of a sudden that's what's going to lead to more spikes of coronavirus— you can't sell that to people. They see you, man, and they, and they know that that's like a that's a garbage, partisan, ugly argument. And they see it, and they know it, and they're grossed out by it. And so when people start talking about the second wave stuff, I almost feel that's in the same vein that they're 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 pushing the 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 politics of it. And I I want to push the science of it, and that's harder and harder to do. It is. And it's still wondering what kind of data we're getting and if the data is accurate. I've seen media reports where they talk about the uh, percentage of ICU beds being used in a particular state. I saw, I believe it was Arizona last week, was 78% of ICU beds are full. But And they leave you with the impression that it's all COVID-19 patients. Right. It, that's it's not, not necessarily the case. Well, finally, Tony, I know you're a big Kid Rock fan. Uh, the bonk, um, the bonk, diddy, diddy. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> that was just Kid Rock should come in here <laughs> and punch you. Fellow Michigander, Kid Rock. Well, uh, Nashville's Metropolitan Beer Permit Board has suspended the beer permit of Kid Rock's Honky Tonk Bar and Steakhouse after the Why? establishment was determined to be in violation of the city's current coronavirus restrictions. <sighs> I mean, that's, that's the answer. It's, this, this isn't about whether or not you should be safe. But if people want to go, that's their right. So what, I, I mean, it's, it's the conversation comes back again. What is the, the citizen versus the, the, the city? If, if people want to go, let them go. You know, we saw what happened in the Lake of the Ozarks and everyone's in the pool and people are like, oh my gosh, they're going to make coronavirus come back for everybody. Everyone's going to get coronavirus. There were no discernible uptick in cases after people were swimming in the Lakes of the Ozar- Lake of the Ozarks. I, this is just, again, just trying to... Pr- I, it seems like they're just trying to prove a point and that point seems sometimes way too partisan and doesn't need to be. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. The Avo Maduro. This is the number two, but with a Maduro wrapper. And I am just now into the final third. I have smoked this quicker than I thought. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. Your review of cigars, bourbon, food, all good things. Um, this is a Maduro is lovely. And when I first lit it up, you know, classic Avo. Uh, kind of tastes there, kind of flavors with the spice, with the pepper uh, of the number two, but very, very easy. You know, the, as a standard is a mild cigar, but with the Maduro, adds a little more richness to it for me. It was a little sweeter from the beginning. That second third of the cigar, that's when that spice actually started to come to me. That second third got to the spice. I'm now just starting to get into the final third, which means I've smoked this a little faster than I smoke most cigars these days. I used to smoke too fast, puff too much. Really and truly was what I was doing. Um, 
I've slowed down a, a little bit on that. Getting into this final third, it has not yet built up to some intensity, which often happens in the final third of a cigar. Sometimes it's because you've been smoking enough, it mellows out. But what happened is I added the French press coffee. And any time for me you add a coffee, what you start doing is picking out some of those notes of the cigar. And they become, for me, more prominent. So that nuttiness is coming out, in, in like a, for me, in a lovely way. Um, and this has been really, really easy, but there's still that traditional kind of pepper feel. This, this drink that we're having, the gin, the limoncello. And the grapefruit juice. And the grapefruit juice. Called the True North here. The True North. Um, it's a decent pairing, I think, with the cigar. The coffee is so much better with the cigar, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it just, it's a great pairing. You know, the whole conversation of if it grows together, it goes together. And we do a French press where we record here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, blendbarcigar.com. Uh, I am just in love with, with that connection. And the French press, of course, you get more of the oil, so you get more of the full flavor. But I don't do my cigar black. I mean, my, my coffee black. And so I'm thinking that I need to start experiencing the, the coffee the way it was meant, not the way I like to fix it, to really find out where some of those notes are coming from. That's part of the experimentation that you should be trying. People tell you, oh, you have it with this or it pairs with that. They're giving you their thoughts or ideas. We'll do the same for you. And you can get that on the Facebook page at Eat, Drink, Smoke. And, of course, check us out on Instagram, Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast, and Twitter, Go Eat, Drink, Smoke. But mostly you have to figure out what works for you. For me, coffee does work. But the drink, which they call True North here, which is basically a takeoff of the Tom Collins, right, with the, with the gin and with the, uh, the limoncello and the, the, the grapefruit juice, if it had club soda, it would be very much the Tom Collins. That's the difference. I haven't, I haven't paired the two. I haven't taken a sip since. Hold on. You may like it a little bit better now that you've had a little bit of ice melt. No, I think I would do it with a little less rock. I think I liked it without no it's not a bad pairing i think i I think i like i I think i need to take a little more time to to see what mixes with what you got to do the same take time take an afternoon try a couple different drinks get your glass of water to kind of cleanse the palate in between you know and see what works for you not a bad way to spend a couple of hours no no it's a fine way you know and take note take note get yourself like a, a composition notebook you know, the kids' back-to-school stuff is already in. If you go to Target, <laughs> there are shelves of back-to-school stuff that are there. Like, like kids are going to go back to school. I have no idea. Parents must be out of their minds wondering how they're going to do this. Uh, do kids go back? Do they not? What if both parents work? I don't... The, the amount of confusion going on with education systems and school systems across the country because of coronavirus is massive. AMC Theaters... And there's a whole conversation whether movie theaters are going to stay in business or not. Because movie theaters are the easiest ones to go. You can spend the money and just stay at home. And you will. You'll spend $19.99 for a new release, watch it with the family, what have you. The CEO, Adam Aaron, or is it, it could be Adam Aaron, for all I know, A-R-O-N. He said that he was saying that guests would not be required to wear masks when operations resume on July 15th. And then said... Uh, Oops, our mistake. Masks will still be required. Um, uh, uh, okay, but the question is who's going? Masks or no masks? 
if the ex, the experiential movie theaters, right? The ones where you can like order a sandwich or a burger or, or a drink. I think those can stay open because it's about experience. Regular movie theaters, we may, we may just be past that moment. Well, and how are they going to do seating? Is it going to be like you see in Vegas where every other slot machine is taped off? Are they going to tape off seats to where... How do you do that? How do you do so that? So if, if you're a family of five, can you only go by twos? Uh, how, how do you... Or you only go by fours? I don't know. I have no idea how they think they're going to put that together. Now, they must have a plan. Golden Corral figured it out with buffets. <laughs> right. Right? You bring your plate to someone, or you get a clean plate, and you give it to someone, and they dish it out for you. So it's almost a cafeteria style, as opposed to a true buffet style, where you do it yourself. So I guess there's... And Vegas has figured it out in so many ways. So I guess there's a way to figure that part out. The part that I don't know how they figure out is, how do you get me back in a movie theater? Right, and I'm not somebody who's afraid of it. I just me meaning the, the 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 us, the you, me, and we. How do all of us go back to a movie theater? How do you eat a bucket of popcorn with a mask on? I uh, I don't know. I don't want to find out. Can I wear the bucket as the mask, <laughs> full on trough? Right. Yeah. The way it should be done, anyway, with movie theater popcorn. And the other one is, of course, cancel culture, and people who have old tweets. And old statements being used to get them fired from jobs. And some of them are awful. And some of them are just weird. And yet they're getting fired anyway. TV networks are now hiring private investigators to look at their social media reports for racism. And my question is, they weren't doing this already? (laughs) Right? You think there's an employer out there who isn't checking your social media right now? To see if there's a problem when they hire you? Of course they are. So I, I look at this, I'm like, well, they're only 15 years late to the party. Right. Well, it's amazing. You've got these social justice archaeologists who are going back <laughs> oh 10 my God. years on Twitter to try to dig up something. Social media forensic scientists. Yes. To cancel people. This What, a, what an age we're living in, Tony. Uh, it... The part that I am most bothered with is you can make an argument that somebody said something 10 years ago that was just really gross. But what we're making the argument of is that 10 years later, they're not different. Does no one get a chance to learn anymore? Learn from their mistakes? Learn from something bad? What happened to the very concept of people grow and people get smarter and the thing you said at 16 is not the thing you say at 26 or the thing you said at 22 is not the thing you say when you're 32 what happened to allowing for that kind of growth and the answer is I don't know but the people who start standing up to that they're going to be the my heroes right the people who say no I'm not firing this person or this actor or this whatever what we're doing is this, and here's what they've done with their life since. And we're going to sit down and we're going to talk and we're going to get through it because we're adults. And now, if they still hold the same view and you're like, that, we can't have that as part of our company, okay, fine. But this idea of canceling people outright, valueless proposition. And really and truly an un-American proposition at that. Follow Fingers Malloy on Twitter at Fingers Malloy. Follow me at Tony Katz. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.